Good morning, RCC family, and good morning to everyone in the room. It is a beautiful day, and I'm so happy to be worshiping with you guys. Thank you for turning on online. If it's your first time, we would love to give you a proper welcome. So if you want to leave your name and a comment in the section below, we'll be able to greet you there. So for this morning's lectionary, we're going to read from Psalm 29, and it is a psalm of praise. So in this psalm, David's not asking God for anything. He's just talking about the voice of God and how the voice of God has power to move. So if you would with me, stand. And if you're at home, I invite you to put your body where your theology is and also stand in a posture of holiness and surrender. If you want to look to the screens or just close your eyes and let the words float over you, it says, Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and his strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name and worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes over the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty sea. And the voice of the Lord is powerful. And the voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountains skip like a calf. He makes Mount Hermon leap like a young wild ox. And the voice of the Lord strikes with bolts of lightning. The voice of the Lord makes barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists mighty oaks and strips the forest bare. In his temple, everyone shouts glory. And the Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. And the Lord gives his people strength and he blesses them with peace. So God, in this quiet morning, we just, we just worship you, God. God, we thank you for the ways that you have carried us through the week, that you have sustained us in body and mind, protected our families, made a way out of no way. God, this morning we come with prayer requests and needs. We come with joy and testimonies of what you've done. We come with holy anticipation of what you are going to do, God. We come diverse and ready for your presence. So God, I just pray that you begin to fall down. Your spirit begins to invade this place. Lord, I just pray a blessing over everyone under the sound of my voice this morning. Be it here or in their cars and in their homes. May your presence just be the realest thing today. May it be tangible and felt. God, may your people know that you have their eye, that you have your eye on them. May they feel known. God, we just love you and we worship you because you are worthy of praise. The very power in your name, God, we just are in awe of you. 
So be with us this morning as we turn our attention and our focus to you. Be honored in our worship. And in your name we pray. Amen. As we transition into prayers of the people, we have been gifted a fifth Sunday this month, and that doesn't happen every month. And so this will look a little bit different than traditional prayers of the people. Um, we're going to pray specifically for three things that our staff and our leadership and our church are hoping and praying to see God move specifically in these areas. And I will preface each one. And then there will be a time of silence. And my hope and prayer is in that silence, you are joining in and interceding with us that we would corporately together present our requests before the Lord, trusting and believing and knowing that he cares deeply about the things that we are praying for because ultimately they are for the good of his people and the advancement of his kingdom within Smyrna. And so the first thing that we're going to pray for specific to River City um, is this building. We um, are just in a place where we are asking you guys to pray that we would have favor with our landlords. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing scary. We don't plan on going anywhere. But there is a business aspect and a logistical practice to the fact that we lease this building and we don't own it. And so we are asking for favor with our landlords that we would be granted in full what we believe is best for our building, both financially and timing and space. It matters. It matters what we're able to open up to the community. It matters how long the impact that we get to have within this logistical space that we are in. And so for the next 30 seconds, we ask that you would take a minute and pray for us to have favor with our landlords when we begin business talks of how many more years do we get to be here and how much is that going to cost and how much space does that mean we get to continue to have and what does acquiring more space one day look like so please join with me trust that you have put us here on purpose and you have already turned so many no's into yeses to even get us to this point and so I just ask God for an immense amount of favor and a softening of hearts from our landlords that when we ask for our next contract to be re-upped and what numbers we are hoping to get in the space that we're hoping to have God would it just be work well for them to say yes that we would walk according to your will and that we would use this space with wisdom for the good of Smyrna community, not just for the good of the people within River City Church, but may it be a place that is a safe place, that is a place that advocates for the good of the community around us. So would you just give us favor with the right business people be involved in every single conversation. May we go forth with confidence knowing that you have given us a yes to this place. And so we will rest confidently in that. Amen. The 
next thing we're gonna be praying for, and it's something we've presented to you guys before is student ministry. And our prayer and what we're hoping is that in August, we will be able to have student ministry reestablished. And we need point people for that. And we're in a transition space within student ministry. And so we need clarity from the Lord and we need the right person to be in a position of leadership for that. And so we, we know that God cares about the youth of River City. We know that God cares about the youth of Smyrna and the people that they know and the friends that they have and the hallways that they walk down and the classrooms that they're making connections in. And so we ask for the next 30 seconds that you would pray for the Lord to, to bring up the right person, to put it on their hearts, to say yes to leading our students starting in August, that they would know each other, feel safe here, and that they would know the heart of Jesus for them. So please join us in prayer. city kids and we need people who are willing to say yes to carrying the mantle of city kids and volunteering for a semester from August to December and it matters and it matters to us every Sunday even if you are not with a parent or with those kids the flourishing of city kids and youth ministry directly impacts the growth and how much this church thrives it is not just for a parent and it is not just for somebody who loves kids. It impacts our all of our spiritual journeys that these two areas are thriving and well taken care of. And so we're not praying for somebody just for somebody else's kid. We are praying for the advancement and for the growth of this church and for the kingdom going forward. 
And so if you hear this and you are not a parent and you don't really care that much about kids, I ask that you would ask the Lord to give you a heart that prays and intercedes for our youth and for our kids because it deeply matters regardless of what your parental standing is or whether you find kids annoying or not, which they are. (laughs) So lastly, pray for our city kids and pray for Jessica to have the support that she needs and the resources she needs to, to walk in obedience to what the Lord is asking of her in this next season. that title even as adults we are still just your sons and daughters and I pray that this church as a whole would care deeply about the spiritual growth of our kids and our youth I pray that you would give Jessica the resources that she needs the people that she needs in order to carry forth what you're asking of her to do as children's pastor thank you for the blessing that these kids are. And I pray that from a very, very young age that they would know they are in a church that wants them, that's excited about what you're doing in their hearts, that prays the big prayers, that they might actually begin to know their identity and know who they are from the age of five instead of starting to journey through that at 25. May we pray in faith and in boldness in what you want to do hearts of city kids and we thank you we present all of these requests to you and we thank you that you hear our prayers and that you hear our requests and we thank you that you care far more about these things than we ever could and so we can trust you we can trust you to be a good father and to be sovereign and faithful and we expectedly and excitedly wait to see your response believing that you will move it's in your name How's everybody doing? Yeah? So, really quickly, I have a couple addendums to the announcements, which is, um, I think, important. One of them is, if you are wanting to be one of those counselors at the camp, then we've decided as a church that there should be no financial burden on those people. So, if you are considering it, or if you've already signed up for it, River City's going to cover all of your fees to go. So... So that's a gift. That's an awesome gift, and I'm thankful that we got to discuss that. So if you are one of those men that are considering going, let that be incentive. That um, And maybe you didn't even know you had to pay, but now you don't have to pay. <laughs> so, so it's a gift to you. Second is, tomorrow is the last day of the month, and for giving for this month, we'd love it if you got that in today so it could be counted towards. And you can do that simply by going online and setting up a reoccurring thing. Amen? Can I get an amen? Amen. Um, If everybody in our church gave, we would not struggle at all financially if every person decided to start giving. 
I think that would be a massive win for our church going into the future as we talk about all of these new things, new ministries that are going to surface as people come out of pandemic, staffing needs, all of it will relate to a lot of the, the giving. And so we trust God, but we also trust that he's brought people that trust God. And so those things work together. So I would just encourage you, um, the win for me would be if you set it up monthly so that we can plan our budget around it. That would be helpful. So aside from that, you guys want me to talk more about giving or less? Just more? So we can continue to talk about giving? Awesome. Starting a series, now two-year series today. Amen. So I had this thought. I just returned from a retreat with my group, my guys' group. ETS. There's no good name for this group. We call it Equipping the Saints group. Um, somebody's labeled it God's Boys. That doesn't. It's not. It's not only for them. There's others that are also God's Boys. Uh, so we just returned from a retreat and kind of got to experience the fruit of what God has been doing in person together for a few days. But as I was sitting in here, I had this like. Uh, I've, I've been wrestling with this thing in me that has been a part of this season that I can't. I can't make happen and we can't make happen. And it's this idea that God is drawing people into depth. And you just can't create that on your own. You can't make somebody do that. You can't require discipleship and then it happen. And so I had this interesting thought that I, th- I wanna share it with you if that's okay. Um, and I stole this from uh, Craig Grunberg. He doesn't even know, I wasn't even there for this, but it was a conversation they had in their worship group that whenever a sound is made, and they were using the, the about worship. Whenever worship happens, the sounds actually continue forever. Like they don't stop and then just kind of dissipate. But they're like traveling around the universe. I don't I don't know how valid this is. Sounds real. I believe it to be true. But I just had this feeling like what what's who is drawing? What is who is drawing us? And I got this image during worship that John the Baptist. So this don't let this freak you out. It to me it's it's moving. That John the Baptist was crying out in the wilderness for people to travel away from Egypt, to, to travel away from the city, to go be with him, to prepare for Jesus. And I sense that the same kind of spirit that was using John the Baptist to draw people away from cities and from slavery and from all of those things that keep them is still calling us. And maybe, maybe we're still hearing him draw us to the desert places to prepare a way for Jesus. I've sensed that this year, that God is doing a work, drawing, and it's not something that you can just make happen. It's a response to what God is doing. And if it's a response to God drawing, God will do it. That is such good news. I've seen for four months God do this in a group of 12 guys that had no business going after God together. I've cried more than I've cried. I've listened to people cry more than I've heard people cry. I've heard, I've seen people step into what feels like a knowing that they're going to be able to walk with Jesus. Not a one-off, not a give me an experience so I can feel good for now and that'll get me through. It's like our whole worldview about what it looks like to grow has changed. I, I can speak that for myself for sure. I feel that. I feel a slowing in a good way, I feel encouraged that this is what it's actually about. Like, this is why we are here, right? There's a voice of one calling out from the wilderness, drawing us to prepare the way of Jesus to reside. Number one on the throne of our hearts. He's, he's there to topple our idols, not topple our spirit. He's not there to, 
just condemn us into discipleship. That discipleship doesn't work. It will never work. He's there to draw us into the depths of his heart so that we can hear him testify to our spirit that we are beloved sons and daughters. The spirit draws and then explains to us who we are. So creating space isn't just then about hearing what to do with your life. Creating space for the spirit to have its reign in our life is about knowing who we are in an active daily walk. Not just to say, Kara, do this today. See you later. But to say, Kara, you're the beloved. You're the beloved. You're the beloved. We cannot hear that too much. And when we desire to not hear it or, or, or choose other things, we don't hear, Kara, you're the beloved. We hear things like, Kara, work harder. Kara, be better. Kara, look at, look at Sarah. Be like that. Kara, don't do this. This is, this is the transition from, and this is going to be confusing today. Was that, was that awkward? Okay, that's, I, like, I liked it. I enjoyed using you as an example, and thank you. Very thankful for you. So, for me at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm going to go as quick as I can because there's a few of our guys that want to share with you today what's happened in them. And I, I just want to highlight, so Jordan is in the back. Jordan is the, the one on the end uh, looking behind him. I asked the group, how would you like to bless the church today? And they were like, what if we dressed up and like really honored our body and served them and made sure they felt welcome to this come in? So that, if you look at some of our group, they're actually dressed up at River City, which is like, Jesus is real. So I just thought that was extremely meaningful and caring to love our body enough to do, like that's just a gesture, you know? Look at Drew right here, this guy, right? David in the back. Got that beard fully, just, you manscaped it, looking good. Some of these guys are available. I'm just going to throw that out there. So that's probably needing to be known. The beginning of pandemic, I sensed that God was saying, if you could start over, what would you do? Not to add shame, but to say, what is it that you desire to see? I desire to see people equipped by God to walk in ministry and to live full lives. I also recognized that that voice was always there. I just was not willing to submit to what that looked like because life was happening too quick. Church was happening too quick. People were coming in and coming out. People had ideas about what church should be. Let's just facilitate this growth. Let's make sure people feel at home. Let's not have to dive into what you've actually called us here for. So for me, the pandemic and ministry helped me to really clear, clearly hear the voice of God drawing us to a deeper space. He told me, you're gonna step into this not to tell people, you're going to embody it by living it with people. You're going to step into this group. So I did. And out of that desire, this group surfaced. And in this group, there's a few details I'm going to share with you. I am going to preach to you a bit, but there's a few details. I sat with this group after they approached me and said, I feel a stirring. I would like to jump in. I feel like I would like to be discipled. So we created a broad spectrum of things to place in our lives over four months. The key contributors to this was we would do it in groups of four. So all of the guys had a group of four that met weekly. We would involve prayer, sometimes early in the morning. And right off the bat, I told them, we met up to have kind of the come to Jesus, like, this will not be your typical come half the time church group where you just kind of float in and out, nothing's really required, there's no growth over time. As soon as you hit that hard thing, you dip out. This will be a group where we commit to walk together. We experienced that in this group. But all of those contributors created a 
path for us to create space for Jesus to be present with us. We recognized almost instantly we were going too fast. I did. So about a month in, God showed me, it's time to slow this down. You were thinking you'd get through all this here. This is actually probably more like a three-year thing. Literally slowed my pace from four months to maybe three years. Because discipleship actually looks like that. So we dove into things like Sabbath, silence and solitude, creating space, confession. These to me previously would have been things that were kind of one-offs to my Christianity. These are becoming for me the bed on which Jesus is building out identities, callings, healing. It's restructured our time in such a way that it's actually made us believe that a long-term relationship with Jesus is not only possible, but desirable and good. That is awesome. So today I'm going to shift a little bit. We're done with Ephesians. This summer we're gonna step into some practices together that help you realize how the voice of the one in the wilderness may be calling you to pay attention to that. But today we're gonna talk a little bit about some passages that I believe are invitations for us. And I wanna read you this first one. This is Jeremiah 17, seven through eight. It says this. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is a picture of what I believe God is leading our church and our body into, to be this kind of planted tree as a body and individually. And I believe he's leading us toward this. Just really quickly, I want to share this about Ephesians. So the reason we chose Ephesians was because the five-fold gifted ministry set is in there in chapter 4. And those are giftings that a lot of us really kind of desire and want to know how he uses us. But I want to say that as we step into this as a body over the next few years, which we're going to step into, that all of those giftings, whether it's prophet, whether it's apostle, teacher, all of these evangelists have a place to thrive in discipleship. There's not one calling given by God that does not need to be fostered and grown in community and in a slow rhythm of discipleship. There's not one that supersedes, that means, oh, I'm apostle, I don't actually need to walk through that. He's gifted me differently. I don't need to slow my rhythm. I don't need to pace myself. I don't need Sabbath. There's not one that does not require those things for it to be flourishing. And so I wanna kind of speak prophetically to our body that we will create space for all of these giftings, all of these types of people. But I want even broader than that for every person that ever steps into this church again to know I can actually grow in the Lord here. I can slow the rhythm so much where I can see that I'm like a tree planted next to living waters. Where in a season of drought pandemic, I don't have to worry about withering away or becoming like chaff. I can actually remain planted and even green, right? even green when the world around you is sucking every bit of life out of you. That's discipleship. Because our source is not what's happening around us. Our source is this river, right, that God is always telling us about throughout Scripture. So at retreat, I actually read this passage to our guys, and I want to read it to you. This is Joshua chapter 4. 
One of my favorite passages all throughout my history. Um, I've used this a lot. This was actually maybe the basis for carabiners when we started those. And carabiners, if you don't know, are what we kind of allow people to give other people to say, you're seen, I love you, be encouraged. All of this came from this passage. And this is what this passage says. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them saying, take 12 stones from, the, from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly and bring them over with you and lay them down in a place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of the Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder. That's a big stone, right? Seeable stone, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel. This is what, this, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in a time to come, what do you, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded. Took up the 12 stones and in the midst of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel just as the Lord had told Joshua and they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in a place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. So this is what's happening here. This is a, a significant sign in the progression of this community where God literally takes waters back. These people go through. They're told, all right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go back in and get a stone from where the priest's feet were, one that you have to carry on your shoulder, and you're gonna take that stone, you're gonna bring it over here, and you're gonna set it up, and then all the people for every generation to come is gonna be able to say, well, Dad, what was that stone about? And you're gonna be able to say, you know what happened there? This is where God spread the waters, the children of Israel walked through it, so take a stone and put it there. This was not just a one-time occurrence where they were just told, this is the God that parts rivers, and remember this forever as you continue on your life. This is a significant part of your journey. And two things happen in this passage that we need to be aware of. They spend the first portion talking about what they're gonna do. So it's like, here's what I want you to do. God's telling them, here, you can possibly do this. You know this is good. You've seen this happen. Um, you're about to have to go back in to that water. And then there's a portion where they do the thing that they're being told to do. So there's a significant difference between hearing and knowing. I've heard and known that I need to step in with God my whole life. I've heard and known to actively do that, to actively step in. For them, it involves some fear, I'm sure. Is the water now going? We just walked through. This water is literally being held back. And you're asking us to go back into that. So now they're actually having to step into what they've known was always good. Not just because this season would be important, because it wasn't just about that season, because those stones are there till that day. I'm not certain they're there right now. I'm just gonna be honest. But I understand what's happening. This part of this journey is a part. And you need to remember how God worked here for how he's about to work here. They're being led somewhere beautiful, right? They're being led somewhere beautiful. This is a part of the journey. 
It will matter here how this happens. God is building from one thing to the next. There's this drawing from out of Egypt for this community, which they craved deeply. Take us from this slavery. There's this drawing in this moment where they realize God is doing that now, and they said yes. And then there's this fear of like, there is nothing normal in this land. What are we doing? I don't even know what is 50 yards in front of me as opposed to two years in front of me. God places them in the midst of needing to trust God by his spirit by day and by night. Can you pull up Ezekiel or Exodus 30, 21? I'm just gonna jump right in. It's <laughs> good. You got this one, Bill? Nope, okay. I didn't tell you to do that one. Could you find Exodus 13, 21? It basically, sorry about that. It basically is this idea that for this community, God needed to provide a centering spot for them. And so God would lead them daily by his spirit, by clouds and by fire. Fire at night so they could see, and they would follow the direction of the spirit. And as they stayed in community or in commune with the spirit, they were safe, but they were not out of danger, right? It was the idea that this journey involved the necessity of this centering spirit to even know how to be alive for the next two days. So yes, they're in this crazy land they've been let out of, they desire to be free from slavery, and now he's taking them from Egypt all the way to this promised land, and they're having to trust daily the spirit, daily the provision of God, Daily, they're having to walk into new spaces, right? Not desiring to go back to Egypt. God didn't just come to cleanse Egypt and make it the new kingdom, right? He didn't desire to visit this group and say, you stay where you're at. I'm gonna add to this life. I'm gonna add to your life even more because God is more. I'm gonna give you even more land. I'm gonna give you even more possession. You're gonna be kings and queens here. He doesn't desire to compete with the gods at play there. So he draws them out and leads them on a journey and this journey would become the refining walk that led them to be the children of God. And, and that is the basis, that's just the basis for today's passage. So I wanna read you Romans 8, 9 through 17. I'm gonna read it first, ESV, and then I'm gonna read it message and that is purposeful. I love the message, but I'm gonna read it in the ESV first. So if you can just take a deep breath And as you're taking a deep breath, recognize that the Spirit of God is here in this room. As you read this scripture, these are not words or commands to just apply to your mind, but they're lively oracles, like Dr. John's, my friend says, dancing about the room. They're lively oracles enlivened by the Spirit. They are actually as alive or more alive than we are. And they have the power to penetrate even through our flesh into our heart. That's important. So please, follow along with me. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So then, brothers, 
we are debtors not to the flesh. We don't owe anything to the flesh or its desires to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, and this is that playing back on this Israelite journey. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, I belong to... Was that purpose? Did you guys know we were reading this message? (laughs) Cool. The songs today were like exactly where we were. Abba, which actually means daddy. So the spirit of adoption is the son by whom we cry daddy. It's very different than father, right? Don't ever be like father. Don't do that to me. Lathy still says, daddy, I love you. No, she doesn't. We're working on it. No, she's like, no, I don't. Mm-mm. So, so this is pointing to an intimacy that this community, the Israelites, wouldn't even understand at this point. So it's pointing to us in Romans. Paul's talking about the kind of affection the spirit indwelling reveals to us. This is where... And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I want to read you the message version. Please stay with me. But if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisible but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. But for you who welcome him, in whom he dwells, even though you are still, you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? This is kind of laying into where we are, I think. There's nothing in it for us, nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons like John in the wilderness. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It is adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we are, who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we certainly are going to go through the good times with him. This is about 
saying yes to the Spirit of God indwelling you. And here's my only clarity I want to spend on this. Three things. There's none of us that can draw ourselves out of Egypt. And just for clarity, what is Egypt for you? Egypt is anything that enslaves you. Egypt is this idea of this life that's working as hard as it can to accomplish what needs to be done. There's none of us that without the Spirit of God drawing us can actually come out. And then when out, that Spirit also leads us, not back into Egypt, but into a place uncommon to us, form-fitted for us to become the children of God. The exact type of things we need to lean into him for will happen in this journey. It will not be so confined to what you think it should be. You will be confused day one. It will challenge your very structures. It should. Because discipleship is not about becoming a better Egyptian. It's about becoming a new human. And so every part of you will be challenged. This is uncomfortable. It was made to be uncomfortable. You in a comfortable walk with Jesus is not truly walking with Jesus because you're not being formed. You're just enhancing the you that was already there. So the Spirit leads then out, out into adventure. You could call it wandering, I call it adventure. Because if the Spirit is present, you do not have to worry. But when you decide you'd like to make a golden calf, it's probably time to worry because that's what they did. They did two things. They said, I'd rather go back. Do we ever do that? And they also said, I would like to escape. Let's form our own gods away from the previous gods and worship them. Let's even mix it together. Jesus is like, nope. Nope, it's gonna be me or nothing. And if you desire to be led by me, then you will be sons and daughters, not because you've earned it, but because when you create the space to be led by the Spirit, the Spirit testifies to your spirit. You are a son and a daughter. You just know it now. So it's not about earning an inheritance. It's about creating space to hear what he's saying. He's already there. The space is already created for the Spirit. The Spirit is not like, how are we gonna get to this spot? The Spirit is like, come one, come all. And when we decide we will leave Egypt and we will listen, we begin to hear who we are. That way we don't have to fight for our identity anymore. That way when God shows you if you're an apostle or a prophet, you don't have to put that on your card. You don't have to preach from here. And if someone disagrees with your calling at this point, that doesn't even affect you really because you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. And whether you're a prophet or an apostle, you've been equipped with the Spirit of God who indwells you and testifies to who who you really are, and that looks different. That looks like an unforced rhythm of God's grace living amongst a people that are in chaos, because that's where we live. We live in chaos. Every person in our lives is going too fast. Every person in our lives is trying to get more. Every person, including Christians in our lives, is trying to attain an identity that is already present and there. We just won't slow down enough to listen for it. I want you guys to believe that you are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And there's no obstacle course or popsicle course to get through to, to earn it or learn it. It really is the simplicity of slowing down enough to hear the voice of the Father. Because one of the first things that you learn in discipleship is how to distinguish the voice of the Father in your life and how to distinguish the voice that is not the Father in your life. 
Because if the spirit indwells, theologically wrestle all you want. The spirit desires to share things with us. And that we could discern those things would be a gift from a shepherd who is leading us. And we need to learn how to discern. The mark of discipleship is learning how to discern the, force, the, the voice of the Father for our lives. And, and when it happens, it looks like you're helping others discern that voice as well. I don't need to tell Intramika that I'm a pastor and she needs to respect me. I need so much for Intramika to know how beloved she is as a daughter of the Most High God. And if Christ dwells in me in the way that he's showing me that, that is what others are experiencing when they're around me. I don't need to flex my spiritual muscles. I don't need to have an important thing. I need to trust God and obey, even if he leads me out of a structure that's providing something for me into the wilderness. John the Baptist is still calling all of us. I know it. Here's what I know about all of you sneaky people. You all sense this calling. You've all your life, you've wanted more from God. You've thought maybe it's impossible because discipleship structures that have been given to you have been harmful. And maybe it's just about your mind expanding. And you've always known that it was more than that. And now we're just frustrated with all the idiots that came before us that did it wrong. Don't bite that apple. Let him lead you into it. He's calling you right now. I'm not kidding with you. He's calling you now, asking, would you want more of me? You can still choose the bondage of slavery if you like, but it's not doing you any good. Follow me, even if you follow me into the wilderness, even if you give away all of the identity you've built to this point, even if you empty your bank account for it. It's worth it. It's worth more than that. It's worth everything, right? It's worth everything that you could give to experience the kind of freedom, not to earn it, that you experience in Christ when he dwells richly within you and the Spirit's power is guiding you. That is what it means to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. To believe with our whole hearts that he is for us and that he is filling us and that we can hear him and be led by him. That way when drought comes, we're still green. And we don't just wither away. That's so good. That's what he desires for us. One of the first signs that the Spirit is dwelling in you is that you recognize God the Father as daddy. I don't even feel comfortable saying that. Because I don't enjoy intimacy a ton. Right? One of the gifts for me this past weekend was every time one of our guys would share, it was it, whether he was praying for somebody or talking about what God was doing, you already know what I'm about to say, or worshiping, he could not not cry with, just like his heart was exploding with joy. And every time I laughed out loud, not because I was mocking, but I'm like, this is such a good thing to have so much compassion just bubbling out of you. Like, this is such a good thing to see your heart. You know who I'm talking to. I'm not going to say names, but it rhymes, rhymes with Ravid. So, I mean, love you, bro. But, but to hear and see and experience what it means to be a son and daughter and to stop trying to attain and to go with the rhythms of unforced grace. It might mean ministries topple in America if we choose this. It might mean 
it, it could mean tons. It might mean restructuring whole lives. If, if what I've seen is true in our group for the rest of us as we step into this, and this is where I'm going, and if you don't desire to, this, to step into this kind of walk, then you should probably know that now. Like, you should probably know that this is only going deeper into this place, right? But it, it, it will require such a restructuring post-identity, not pre-identity, that it will almost be joyful for whatever comes. But I think you'll make decisions in the process after experiencing it that you would have never thought you could because it wouldn't mean as much. Those things don't mean as much when you know that the voice of the Father and the presence of the indwelling Spirit is with you. Then you're kind of okay. You're kind of okay whatever comes. Does that make sense? So really, really practically speaking before these guys share. The spiritual disciplines and the Holy Spirit, this combination, are available to us now. And so I want to give you kind of a two-month, the summer is two months. I want to give you a two-month challenge that you would slow your rhythm enough to hear the voice of the one calling you. And don't try and decide what it looks like or go home to form the perfect discipleship plan. Just slow your rhythm enough to be present with what the voice might be drawing you into and start to be open. Everybody say open. Start to be open to stepping into what the Spirit's leading you into. And come August, we'll see how God wants to develop the rest of us and keep us going on a journey, not a one-off. This is not a you fix yourself in August and September. This is an introduction to a new way to be a human This is an introduction to a much more vibrant life that's lived for him and he lives through you and the people around you, their lives become richer for it. So this is an adventure we're all gonna go on. And so I wanna give some space for a minute um, and I'm gonna share a picture with you before the guys come up. When we were, the first day we were there, one of the things I did was uh, I, I told the guys, we're gonna go spend three hours on our own and you're gonna find a spot, you're gonna plant yourself there and just kind of enjoy your surroundings, breathe deeply, hear some passages. And I told them I would like them to pick one thing as they go in to take back with them, like a rock, almost like you're going back into, you know, like that was my connection. It was, it was profound. Go in there and get like a rock and your rock could be a picture. And then Jordan came up with the term rocks from the Jordan. And then I was like, are you talking about rocks from you? Because you're Jordan. And he, he meant the river Jordan, so... But I think there's actually an album coming soon, a rock album called Rocks from the Jordan. Amen? He did not think that was coming. So I sat somewhere for three hours, and in front of me, you can barely see it as a log. And can you, can you see, raise your hand if you can't see the log. Okay. Dad, I'll show you. I'll send you a picture. Uh, I'll put it on your MySpace later so you can. I love you, Dad. I'm sorry. So much love for you. Um, so... The reason this stood out to me is because of this, and I just want to share this with you as these guys come up. That, that log has no business being there, literally. It has no business being there. It's in the middle of a river, and it's not alive, but it's become this stable structure, so much so that at one point I was like, I'd like to just go out there and f- how is it even there? Like, how, how is it stuck there? Because it's evidently, in my mind, there's a picture of like a branch coming off that's like holding on to rocks, like, ah! But it was there the next day as well. So, so much happened in this time for me. I had this massive experience where I started to realize every particle of water floating by me has probably never floated through here. Like you just show up at a river and you're like, there's probably like just a circular pattern and this water's just coming through. That water 
I don't, you can explain it to me all you want, I'm still not gonna understand it. There's a supply of water large enough for that to continue to happen forever. It's coming from mountains? Is it coming from, do y'all know, is it coming from mountains? It's coming from mountains, it's melting. But it's always there. So each piece of water, that's not even how you say that. Each particle of water that's floating by has probably never floated by that spot before. Just endless, continually moving. It's massively it's baffling to me that this river, one of my favorite things, is so, like if I pour out a cup of water, that's done in like one second. It doesn't move anymore. It's just there. There's enough water coming here where it's continually, 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 continually. All of you have thought about this before except for me. I didn't graduate high school, so this was... <laughs> This was probably a class, Water 101, and as my senior year. I didn't get, in, get it. But, but I started to kind of interact with this image of this constantly moving river, but this log stuck in the middle. That log was not born there. Absolutely not. That log was born in a forest where it looked like everybody else. And somehow it ended up here. And not only for me, but for one of the other guys in my group, this became the takeaway. This log in the middle of a river that's steady and planted... And then the picture came for us and you and me that because of its significantly different structure and makeup, it's become a focal point to those by it. So much so that I want to go visit it. I want to be like, how'd you get here, log? You got it. Because if there's no branches on that, then that is. That's not even scientifically possible. But I, I get the sense that God is positioning us in this kind of like just the pace of a river where when people see us, it's significant enough and calming enough where we take interest in it and begin to interact with, why is that log not in a forest where it should be? So it's become this interest point in an already beautiful thing and for two of our guys, for 25% of our group, it became the takeaway. I believe God is leading us to this kind of life where we become the takeaway in a culture that is just too busy, that is just too fast. And so as these guys come up in a moment, I'm going to let them share a bit. I want you to know, and I want you guys to feel comfortable when you share, to share from your heart and to not struggle through it. And if anybody desires to come up that wasn't planning on it, feel free. If not, don't worry. I have a love for these guys. Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so, Jordan, do you want to come up first? Give it up for Jordan. Good morning, RCC. How are you? It's good to see you guys. It's good to see you guys. Um, this weekend was a really powerful, um, I guess, mile marker in the journey that was started in these four months. And so I felt capable of giving you guys a premise of where I feel like a lot of the guys in this group were coming from before we got together, and I wanted to express to you kind of the spiritual desert that we were in um, before talking briefly about like some of my experiences. But first, I actually just wanted to pray. So if you would pray with me. 
God, I just want to ask that, um, that you would be our words this morning and that we would be able to just step into the same peace and light and joy that you've been offering us in each morning that we've met these past four months in the celebration of each other's company um, and our desire to commit to a relationship with you and pursue that more deeply. If there are people in this room or listening online who share our heart before taking these steps, I ask that you would open their ears and allow them to hear the word that we have to share for them. Um, thank you for the work that you've done. Amen. Okay, so um, I just wanted to let you guys know, when I first got here in August, it was really an act of God, um, just being able to be surrounded by the community that I have found here. And one of the, there's a lot of beauty in that. One of the things I would want to highlight just this morning is that the common thread that I found in a lot of the men that I became surrounded by was a, um, I think, a long-running, deep desire to, to seek God more deeply and more committedly in this life, and more radically, I guess would be the word. Um, it doesn't look at all like I thought it would, and that's actually really good news, um, at the end of this four months to feel a different sense about what that means. But we would talk about how we wanted to pursue discipleship and um, deeper intimacy with God with each other, and we express all of these things to Josh. And so what he's been talking about was um, like how you felt led to respond to this. Um, and it's been amazing. Um, so really simply, I guess, if you feel a longing for that kind of depth and you're seeking a community that will not just encourage your faith and and encourage your identity in Christ, but also challenge you to do the things that are uncomfortable and inspire fear in the moment um, and expand and grow. Um, this was the thing that we were looking for. And, and God has met us in that place. The word that I had on my mind this morning, I guess this is what I have to share about my experience in response to that. As I stepped into this, the word that comes to mind is rhythm. Um, it's been a quote that we've heard several times here, the unforced rhythms of grace. Um, for me, that looks like structure. <laughs> I have the ability to interpret that as like the unforced rhythm is like, okay, chaos, like I just do like anything, anytime. Um, God has been developing me through this investment of time and effort in ways that I'm confident are not just for his glory, but in the awareness of how much they give him glory, they're grounded and they're foundational and um, immobile. They're like, they're cornerstones in my life now that have begun to be built. And rhythm would be my word for that. Um, what that has looked like is Sabbath practice. Um, as an Enneagram four, I appreciate the silence and solitude piece as well. So feeling like a value in that space that I've experienced and having that expressed amongst people who might not have spent as much time in that place themselves was very deeply encouraging to me. Um, I think, yeah, so rhythm for me is, is a cornerstone and I think that's been my takeaway in this experience and the beauty of that is that I come from years of anxiety and in my experience, and I'll probably have more testimony down the road but something I shared this weekend is 
as I reflected this weekend on all the things that God has done, one of the titles I had to put in my notebook was like healing from anxiety. Um, I've felt so empowered um, to walk through anxious moments in life. Um, And that was something that I even struggled to hope for for a long time. Um, Yeah. And so uh, I think that's I think that's mostly what I have to say. I guess I just wanted to um, also say just I love the guys. Our group is amazing. And, um, and I know it's not like, it's not a closed door, it's an open one. Um, yeah, can I be done now? All right. Any of the other guys? Any anyone? Yep. Jordan always inspires me to do things that I don't like like this. So <laughs> cheers. But yeah, I just want to say I love these guys too. Um, they've changed my life in a way um, that is so deep um, by calling out my identity. Um, it's kind of become a joke now that my word associated as beloved or beloved. I still don't know which way I prefer, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, like at the beginning of this, I was just struggling, um, unemployed, anxious, felt like uh, deep loneliness, um, disconnected from the Lord. And yeah, it was a hard season. And I was expressing this weekend too that despite that, um, I just had the opportunity, like the invitation was still open from the Lord to just be with him. Like despite all of these circumstances that I literally pictured worst case scenario. The offer was still there to be um, and to grow in my intimacy with the Lord. Um, And these guys helped call that out, um, you know, just relentlessly. And one of the things I started doing um, a couple months ago, I guess, is just waking up every morning and say that I am beloved. Um, And I can say that I've done it anxiously. I've done it feeling silly and I've done it crying and joyful. Um, But now there's just such this deep-rooted sense of my identity that I am beloved, um, we are beloved, Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, and it's easy, but it's not. The unforced rhythms of grace are hard because we have to make those commitments and those boundaries but then when we do that all we have to do is be you know and so it's an oxymoron in that way but I'm just going to hand this back while the next one comes somebody made this statement this weekend that choosing to walk this kind of lifestyle is like going from having to cross the Jordan with you and some friends while it's still flowing to still having to cross it but now it's been spread apart by God there's still fear involved because there's a lot, right? But that's the difference in choosing to live by the Spirit in this kind of rhythm is you're getting across the river much differently now with some stories. So who's next? Anybody else want to come? Bueller? 
Hello. Hi. Uh, there's a person who's in our group called Luke Wills. He's not here, and he asked me to share. He sent me eight pages. No, I'm just kidding. It's like two paragraphs. Um, so Luke, if you're watching from Ohio, we see you. Kind of. All right. This was Luke's. Before joining this group, I was missing out on so much. So much transparency, so much perspective, so much needed rest. I've learned to ruthlessly resist the desire for constant achievement, accomplishment, and achievement. Again, that's probably purposeful. My whole life, I've felt chained to the weight of performance and achievement. Fighting out of that is an everyday decision and process. It doesn't just happen overnight. Through intentionally making time to rest, spend time with God, drive in the slow lane, and practice no phone Sabbath every Sunday, I've truly felt a difference. I feel more at peace with my surroundings, more present with my family and friends, less chained down by technology and people-pleasing, and blessed with the unique advantage of not even knowing what time it is on each Sabbath, um, which that'll, that'll preach. I appreciate the accountability, encouragement, and motivation saying yes to this group has given me this year. So thankful and blessed to have gotten to know these guys better along the way. God bless. Um, and I'll share briefly. <laughs> Did you? You didn't. Don't lie. Um, I read something earlier this week that I felt kind of encapsulated what this season has been for me, and it's also out of Exodus, so you're welcome. Just a couple chapters in the future. Um, so the Israelites were like pretty much whining in the desert. They didn't have enough food. They didn't have enough water. Everything was hard. They wanted to go back to slavery. And God provided what they needed each day, and that's all he provided. And he provided it for six days, and then he intentionally gave them a day to rest. And he actually sabotaged their work on the seventh day. He ruined it. Anything that they picked up, anything that they did that day, he just made it mold and made it go away. And so for me, in the past year, um, it's been a process of dying to things that I held dear, um, dying to jobs that I thought were sustaining my life and they really weren't, dying to rhythms that I thought were life-sustaining and they really weren't, and picking up things that are challenging, like Sabbath rest, like silence and solitude, like reading scripture every morning, like prayer. Um, because in those rhythms, there's an invitation to see God in ways that we've missed out for years and years and years. Uh, and in ways that, you know, part of what Josh kind of alluded to is this, like, we feel the need to deconstruct things in our lives because that's just what you do. But in reality, it's just allowing those things to pierce your heart in a way to where you become a more vulnerable person and where you hear and listen to the spirit more. And that group, this group has done that for me. Jordan, Luke, Andrew have been my quad, um, and they've just been there, and I greatly appreciate them. Thank you, Jonathan. Anybody else want to come? Anybody else in the group? Going once. Going. Hey. Hey, man. The James. Just AJ. Um, hey, everybody. <laughs> nice to see you guys. Um, yeah, I wanted to share, I think, a few different things. Um, I think for me, the most impactful thing um, over the past four months, has it been four months, is just getting, creating space and getting together um, with guys and just having the opportunity to, to share to pray for each other. I don't know, I just believe like prayer is so powerful. Um, 
and having that like every week opportunity to like just ask, what do you need prayer for? You know, this is what I need prayer for. And getting that, I think that's something that I've really missed. I remember, I think before, um, before four months ago, before it started, I got to pray for someone. And I was like, man, I haven't prayed for someone in a while. And I was just, I felt like that felt so weird. And it felt so like fulfilling to pray for someone. And I just, I just feel like the older I get, the less opportunity there is to actually pray for people. Um, especially people that you know and love. I think it's easier sometimes at church to pray for someone you don't know. But to have like that space to pray with your friends and pray with people that you're doing life with, I think that's been so um, just impactful to be a reoccurring like habitual thing. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just like, I was just sitting there thinking like, I wonder how many people in this room have been prayed for by someone in the past month. And then, I, and then I thought, I wonder how many people in this room have been prayed for that same person in the past two months. You know, like, are you, I think sometimes we get prayed for by someone, but do you get prayed for by someone, the same person, over and over again? Um, and if that's something that I think you desire or that you would want, I just like want to take this chance to pray for that for for everyone to kind of open that opportunity up to say like hey let's be a church that prays for people let's be a people that go and ask for prayer to our friends and kind of you know step over that awkward line of saying like hey like yeah I don't like feel like I desperately need prayer right now or maybe I do but like can you pray for me or like can we just kind of make this a normal thing where we just like say like hey let's pray for each other um and alongside that, I also wanted to, just as a vessel of our group, just impart everything that we've learned, everything that we've grown in over these past four months. We just want to give it all to you guys. And we know that the cool thing about God is that you don't have to earn anything. You like everything we give, we get, we get to give, um, which is a really amazing thing about who God is. And so I would just love to, um, all that we've grown in with silence and solitude, with Sabbath, with um, spiritual disciplines, anything, and just creating space for God to, um, you know, be present with us. So we just love to give that away to you guys. And so, um, I don't know, it's like, guys, if you guys would just join me as we pray, um, I just love to pray for this body, this church. So, yeah, God, we just um, say thank you. Thank you that you're so present with us, that you're so near Thank you that we don't have to earn anything, but all that we're learning is just to sit and be still and let you do what you do. Yeah, we just say thank you that you're so good and that the best thing we can do with our lives is to spend time with you. Um, and so God, we just receive everything that you've been doing in our hearts over these past four months. And as a group of of our of these guys that we've been in, community and growing and, and pursuing you. And God, we just give it all away to everybody here at this church. And we just say that everything that we've received, we just give. And God, we just ask for just grace and power and anointing to just cover everyone here's lives. God, I just pray that you would just make it so easy this next week, this next month, 
that the second anyone in this room just stops for a second and asks for you to be present with them, that you would just overwhelm them. That you would just encounter each and every person in this room, God. We just ask for a grace to slow down. We ask for a grace to be silent. We just ask for grace to resist that urge to fill our lives with things, fill our attention with things. Yeah, and we just give everything that we've been given away, and we just ask for you to just come and fill every person here. And God, we just ask for special grace to pray for people, to pray for our friends, the people we love, to ask for prayer. We just pray that that would become the culture in our lives, in our communities, that we could just pray for each other. God, we believe that you hear our prayers. And so we just ask for you um, to show us in new ways and in powerful ways how present you are in our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So we're, if there's anybody else, go ahead and come up quickly, quickly. Uh-oh, he's got a Bible. Preach time. Yeah, what you didn't know is this is uh, part two of the sermon. Um, so, you're welcome. Yeah, I dressed up for you guys to preach to you. So. Um, yeah, I'm David. Um, if it wasn't obvious, I will happily claim that I was the crier. And uh, <laughs> might cry here, who knows. Um, no, I'll be short. I just... I I couldn't not. I was I was sitting there like, sitting there wrestling with what to say because I was like a lot of thoughts were swirling, but um, I couldn't not say how worth it it is. Um, here it comes, and uh, how worth it it was and is to step into a apprenticeship to Jesus and with Jesus. Um, the Psalm 34 is one that has been on my mind the last few days, and just just the whole like come taste and see. Um, I got the the image of like to taste something, you have to chew on it a little bit. You have to like you can't just you know if you, if you just swallow it, you just just think you swallow it and like you know. Pff. I enjoy food, so you know that's a waste. Um, <laughs> but to taste something, you have to sit with it and you have to chew it and spend time with it. And so I think it's a gift that has been for all of us. In, and I'm really thankful for Josh and his leadership and God you know, working through him. But Because um, the pace that we went was so perfect. Like, it's inviting us into slowing down. And it's funny because back in December, I think we had the prayer week or something. And, and the word that I got was slow that week. And it's funny that God just shifted and redefined what that was for me these last four months. And just how necessary it is to slow down. And... Um, 
and listen, actually actively listen. But um, yeah, no, I just, so I just invite you and say it's worth it to step in. It's worth it to take the time to taste and see that he is good. Um, thanks. Love me some David. So it sounds like we just did this because we're about to present you a, like a group to join. We don't have a group for you to join right now. We just know that God will work that process out. If you don't come up, if anybody else wants to come, any other person? Uh-oh, uh-oh, oh no. <laughs> Are you doing a folk song for us today? All right, so I had a list of all the things I learned, uh, but I'm just going to go off the dome. That's all right. It's not all right. Don't give me the mic, you know. Um, So I learned what spiritual formation was. Had no clue what that was. Um, I kind of just thought everybody woke up one day and they had God, and I was like, that's going to be dope when that happens to me. (laughs) But, yeah, I kind of learned about that, or really learned about that, and um, that's just something I learned. And then the second thing I learned that was really important is just how to be with God organically, not force anything. Uh, growing up in my household, it, it really wasn't like emphasized a lot. We kind of just went to church and I had to do it and I didn't want to wake up and I didn't really enjoy being there. So now there's a lot of joy when I am um, with the group and here. And um, yeah, uh, I, I am thankful for James, Jay, and um, Drew, when he showed up. Sorry, I roasted you. Um, and I'm thankful for Josh putting it together and all the other guys in the group. Um, I'm not sweating. This is crazy. I might be up here one day. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Much love for Reese. Um, so if you all stand with me, I'm just going to say this. Uh, don't feel the pressure like we formed this thing to get you into a discipleship group. We're going to spend two months asking the Spirit to continue to lead us and offering spaces for Him to reveal to you or her to reveal to you how, how that, that will happen. Amen? So let's just start right, like this. Does anyone sense God stirring them in a way into this kind of depth with Him? If so, I would love it to see your hand. We're not going to do anything other than just, if that's a thing happening in you right now, just profess it and show it to Jesus. So God, let this be the first step of recognizing that you care for all of us and that you're leading us into the depths. Deep calls to deep. Put a, put a plan in place for each soul that just asks for this. Unforced rhythms bring healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. We're about to sing the doxology birthday style. So please don't harmonize even once. Don't listen to him. (laughs) Harmonize some, a bit, but loudly. Harmonize all you want. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and 
blessings flow. Praise Him, praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. One more time, ready? And praise God favorite part. Come on. Oh, amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was wrong. <laughs> the forgiveness, Rebecca. For real. I love you, but seriously? You're unruly. I want to pray a blessing now over you. Um, Jesus, I pray for each person in here that they would walk in the fullness and trust when you say that they're sons and daughters and help others to experience that when they're with them. I'm going to pray for shame super quick. Anybody experiencing shame right now in their heart, I ask you, Jesus, to rip that out and replace it, God. Replace it with belonging and belovedness. Shame out belonging and belovedness in do that work spirit of God thank you father in your name we pray amen love y'all thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com